Hello, this is Harrison Kim, and you're listening to Working With People by PaveStep. The Working With People podcast is for executives, managers, and people leaders. We bring people experts together to provide you with relevant content on how to think about and manage your most important asset, your talent. We have Sonalia here with us. Hey, Harrison. Good to be here. Nice to have you on our podcast. Where are you calling in from today? So I am in my home office in New Jersey. Been in New Jersey for about uh, five years now. Awesome. First of all, thank you for coming on. And today our topic is going to be the problems with being too nice at work. This is a pretty important topic, especially for managers. And as the year end comes up, this is something that I think is on a lot of people's minds. Before we dive in, I would love to just get our audience to be more familiar with you. Tell us who you are and what you do. I'm Sonali Goyal. Uh, right now, I'm the Director of Talent and Development at Millen Publishers. I've also been in this field for about uh, a little over 15 years. Throughout my career, I've helped companies tap into the enormous potential people have that they, you know, when they bring mm. when they come to the workplace. I actually find it fascinating how people and companies, you know, the culture that they have and the leadership that a company has, and how much of an impact that has right. on motivating and uh, retaining its employees. Awesome. All right, so let's get started. So, how do you define being too nice in the workplace, and what are some of the consequences of that? Uh, you know, especially if you're a manager. Very often, you know, I think we we confuse being nice with being kind. So, in the workplace, being nice tends to become, you know, I'm I'm not going to tell you something because you're not going to like the message I'm giving you, or I'm not going to tell you that I disagree with you. Um, and so it rather, you know, it tends to become conflict avoidance rather than conflict resolution. And so, mm. and to me, it's really important that we distinguish between being nice and being kind at the workplace. And they're not necessarily the same thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. I like how you talked about conflict avoidance versus conflict resolution. So how does that tactically uh, translate to a manager when he or she's thinking about, having these conversations or feedback moments with with the teams. So let me give you an example, if I may, and you sort of yeah. can work through that example. So say you've got a relatively new member on the team who are fairly early, early in their career, right? So they're still figuring the workplace out, their work styles out, and, and so on. And they've just submitted a, a completed project to you that has a lot of errors, and you may decide at this point, you don't want to hurt them because, they, you know, they put in a lot of effort on this, mm-hmm. that you're not going to tell them about the, the errors the project has. So they go away thinking that they've done a really good job because you told them <laughs> right. that you did a really good job. And so they're feeling really great and thinking of how nice you are. You, on the other hand, spend extra time trying right. to fix their work. And if this happens often enough, because you've never told them to do anything differently, you start feeling resentful of the Mm -hmm. extra work that you're putting in. The employee doesn't change their behavior. They don't work on correcting their mistakes because they don't know any different. They think they're doing a great job. They think you're really nice. And then when the time comes, you know, uh, where they feel that they're ready to get a raise or they're ready to get a promotion, you feel that they're not ready. And you finally have no choice but to tell them that, sorry, you're not going to get this promotion or you're not going to get this raise. And they ask you why, and they say you, you know, and you tell them they they're not ready. And now what's happened here is you've not you, you could, you're not nice anymore, but you've <laughs> also not been kind anymore because what would have been kind is to empathetically tell that employee what their errors were and mm-hmm. how they could fix it. 
But now what's happened is that you're resentful because you had to work harder. Your employees resentful because they don't know why they don't get promoted. They just think you don't like them. <laughs> right. And, and you've had to put up with poor performance through the duration of that period. And so productivity is affected. Right, right. Productivity is affected as well as retention risk is higher mm-hmm. now, just given this sour relationship you know, at the end of the year, typically when the manager tells this person, hey, you know, you're not going to get this because you didn't do a good job. Right. <laughs> and, and the employee's like, what do you mean? <laughs> exactly. It's a surprise. And the last thing you want in a performance review is a surprise. Right. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting. And you talk about the nice versus kind. And I love that because one of the things that I talk about with our clients and our partners is you've got to be direct and kind. They're not mutually exclusive. In fact, they go together. And I think a lot of people, and I'm sure you're familiar with this around radical candor, right? By Kim Scott, which is philosophy or the framework behind the the direct and kind. Macmillan published uh, radical candor. (laughs) Right, right. So when it comes to millennials and Gen Z employees, uh, Mm -hmm. many of them want corrective feedback over praise because they know that's how they're going to develop their skills, advance in their careers, and really just get better. But if the employees, these typically younger employees, think that their managers are being too nice and instead yeah. of being kind, how can they approach their managers uh, to receive more constructive and more corrective feedback? What kind of questions can they ask? Well, yeah, and you know, and it's hard. Personally, you have to agree and accept that you are asking for feedback that's not always going to be complimentary. So you know mm-hmm. that you are willing and uh, responsive to that feedback. And secondly, there may be some amount of behavior change that's going to be required on your manager's part if they've not done something like this before. So while, while we go into, I'll go into questions in a little bit, I want to say that because I don't want us, you know, people to give up too quickly if they've tried it once and it hasn't happened. Right. I usually you know, recommend three questions when I'm coaching around this topic. Ask them, what did you do well? Ask them, what could I have done better? And then the third question is, how should I approach something like this the next time I do this? That's a great place to start. There's a simple question. This doesn't feel like you're sitting down and having a formal conversation. You're doing this in the moment uh, fairly soon after the, the project or the situation has happened. And sometimes when this doesn't work and it's not, you know, these questions aren't necessarily getting you the specific feedback that you want then maybe it's start by being even more specific about what you're looking for feedback for. Like, I thought the animation I showed really made an impression on the client. They seemed really engaged after that. What do you think about that? Sort of, you know, more leading questions, talking about a specific situation, your perspective on it, and then asking for your manager's perspective on it can be the way to to go about this. I like the fact that you brought up, don't give up after the first try if it doesn't happen. (laughs) It it can be a little bit awkward, but I think it's absolutely worth uh, continuing to push that, you know, from an employee perspective to make sure you get the time on the calendar, time, you know, time to really chat about this and really push the manager because, you know, it is their role, right? It is their job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to that point, ask for feedback and ask for it often so that, you know, you're also setting that precedence with the manager that you are going to ask for feedback. So they come to expect it almost from you. And so you don't have to wait till the next performance review that happens six months down the line or a year down the line to find out how you've done on a specific project right now. Right. That absolutely makes sense. So flipping onto the manager side, when they're approaching these feedback conversations with their direct reports or their team members, you know, especially when it's a tough conversation, uh, a more development focused or more negative feedback, how can they 
approach these conversations? What can they do to prepare and how can they be a little bit more objective? Because of course that's important, right? You know, you know, feedback is, you know, subjective for the most part. So, you know, how, yeah. how should they prepare? No, absolutely. And I think that's really one of the biggest questions is like, how do I get over my own hesitation and how can I make sure that the feedback is going to be received, you know, in the, in the spirit that I'm giving it in, so to speak. And I would say if in this case, you know, the key is preparation and practice. So before you go into, into that conversation, especially if you know it's going to be tough, is to take a step back and sort of break out the, the feedback. I find the SBI acronym really useful. You know, mm-hmm. what was the situation? What was the behavior? And what was the impact of that behavior? You know, for different people, different things work, but writing it out, following that acronym uh, helps you frame, even in, for yourself, what you really want to get from that feedback. Stay, 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 you know, explore your intent. Why, why are you going to give this feedback? And then what happens if you don't give this feedback, right? So it's important to know that, you know, there are consequences of actually acting and not acting. So right. before you even have the conversation, you want to think through all of that. And if you feel the conversation is going to be tough, think about why you why you have that feeling. Like why do you think the conversation is going to be tough? And that allows you to preempt, if you know, in many ways, the situation itself. So you're sort of working on your strategy for that conversation before you have the conversation. And that makes you a little more prepared for eventualities and you'll be able to lead the conversation more when you go there. I will add one more thing, you know, you're not making value judgments here, right? You're not saying you were careless. I right. you know, it can be, they will definitely make people defensive and because you're, you know, sort of pointing out on uh, to their values, if you will. I think along the lines of there were more grammatical errors on that slide. That really was the objective behavior that you noticed you're not making a value judgment but you're really objectively talking about the behavior or the situation that happened yeah no absolutely that absolutely makes sense and you know it, when you talk about preparation and practice one of the the best byproducts of that you know the manager preparing or you know it doesn't even have to be a manager the employee the provider of feedback preparing in advance that i found is that the the receiver tends to listen more carefully when that person sees that the you know the provider of feedback actually prepared right take the time right. and actually cared about this conversation um, exactly so the conversation just itself becomes more productive just by that nature uh, is something that I've seen as well and that's such a good point Harrison you know I think you know, it's it's really behind all of that is that somebody cared enough mm-hmm. to take the trouble to 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 see what I did and to prepare to give me that feedback and and, and I think that's really the the soft element, you know, which I don't think is soft at all, that tends to get missed when we don't prepare for giving feedback. Yeah, no, absolutely. So from a talent team or the people team or the HR team, when you think about really executing or operationalizing this mindset of not being too nice or and rather just being kind, right, for mm-hmm. these types of conversations and you know, performance reviews and all this good stuff, how can they you know, help their managers and their teams to enable this kind of mindset? Well, I think HR has such a critical role in what I call demystifying performance or demystifying mm. feedback. I think it takes a three-pronged approach. There's not one thing, but at least three different aspects that HR should consider as we're driving this culture of transparent, honest, timely feedback. Right. The first one is people. Do our people know what we expect from, you know, what we want them to do? Do they know why they should do it? And then do they know how they should do it? 
do people know we want feedback to be transparent and honest and timely? How do they do it? And, and they understand the reasoning behind. So they're not just following along or complying, they understand. The second one is process. Mm-hmm. Does the process support this approach? You know, are your reviews, uh, check-ins, you know, what have you, are they built around the structure that uh, promotes frequent, specific, timely feedback? And then finally, the technology, you know, technology can be a huge enabler when it comes to driving process and behavior change in people. Right. So do we have the right solution? Does it allow for our people to follow the process and then practice this behavior in a way that isn't too disruptive or almost seamless? Right, right. No, I like the way you've broken it down to those three aspects and tackling, you know, one at a time and making sure that, you know, you're focused on the right things, because obviously, shifting culture or behaviors over time can be a big challenge. And there's a lot of, a lot of, lots of parts to it. So that makes a lot of sense. Anything else top of your mind that might be helpful for our audience? Well, I would say, you know, uh, if you're not getting feedback, ask for feedback, but most importantly, you've got to role model the behavior, you know, mm-hmm. as an individual, as a people manager, as a business leader, you have to role model the behavior you, you want from people. So, even if you're not necessarily getting the kind of feedback you want right now, start by sharing that feedback with people. And so they can see, and you know, if nothing else, know that that's what you expect from them. So don't forget that the aspect of role modeling can be a huge driver in making change. Perfect. All right. I have one last fun question for you. What is your biggest trick in escaping all the stress and the, the work and the uh, work from home you know, routine? What is your, what is one trick? I can lose myself in any book, Harrison. I'm a Mm. voracious reader. I do not favor a genre. I will read anything um, and everything. And it's been a saving grace for me during all of this, is being able to escape between the pages of a book. Any good recommendations? Uh, Yes. And actually, it's a book that we published, that Macmillan Publishers published. Mm. The book is called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a uh, book by V.E. Schwab, and it's an amazing story. It's a, it's a mix of fantasy and time travel, and it's a really, really engaging read. Awesome. I'll have to check it out. Thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. You know, where can the audience find you and your thought leadership? You can find me on LinkedIn for sure. My email is sonali.goyle at macmillan.com. And I'm happy to engage via LinkedIn, or you can always drop me an email. Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to Working With People by PaveStep. Feel free to check out other episodes on pavestep.com slash podcast. Thank you, Sonali. Thanks, Harrison.